back to another episode of the Reason to Behold podcast with Tolu Talks, Arnold Reasons, and the, and the Blacksmith's Furnace. <laughs> I can't actually take that name because there's two of us. <laughs> yeah, but you're representing. That's right. Like, one like body. Trinity, when one is Come there, on. there. Hey. Like. <laughs> I don't know if I can take that, I don't know if I can take that comparison. <laughs> That's too much. Uh, I'm saying as all powerful as the Trinity, basically. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. Spirit, body, and soul. Yeah, there we, there we go. <laughs> nah, nah, good, good to be back. Good to be back with you guys, man. It's good yeah, to have man, you, it's man. good to have you yeah. back. We're looking forward to this. Both me and Arnold are beaming because <laughs> back on here, man. Nah, saying that indeed. Been a, it's been a long time coming. Mm. Yep. You know what? Actually, maybe one day we should get the whole, the whole trio of the blacksmith's furnace. That would be fun. Listen, that would be awesome. I've had that one in my mind, man. (laughs) I want to meet Red Mike Robert. (laughs) That's who I want to (laughs) meet. Red Mike Robert. Mr. Controversy. He loves the fact that you guys call him that, by the way. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, silly. Amazing. Yeah, that has to go down. Cool. So, Tolly, you recently came back from Nigeria. Yeah, that's right. Talk to us about that, man. What was that like for you? So, um, yeah, so I've been to Nigeria twice since I left. Because I was born in Nigeria and I left when I was about two years old. Um, And I've been back twice and both times it was for a funeral. Mm. Um, So the first time I went back was for my granddad's funeral on my dad's side. Mm. And this time I went back, it was for my grandma's funeral also on my on my dad's side. So she was the last surviving grandparent. Yeah, each time it's been kind of sad, but at the same time, it's been a really, really rich time. Yeah. Um, so this time, well, the first time was just going back to Nigeria. Like it was, it was different. You know, I haven't uh. been there before. But this time, obviously, I've been there now. But this time, it was a lot different because we had to like sort out the house. So you know, my grandparents have been in that house for like thirty, maybe forty years. And so, as you can imagine, there was a lot of stuff in that house. Mm. Um, and because my grandparents lived in Amer- in Nigeria, sorry, I never really grew up with them. So I didn't really know my grandparents like that. But I just felt like in going through their stuff, going through the pictures, going through their documents, I just got such a different understanding of kind of where I came from. Mm. You know, I could see a lot of stuff in them that I now also see in myself, wow. you know, yeah, like it was, it was just crazy. And like hearing the things that people had to say about my grandma, like I just, I know oh, right now. Um, and so that was a, that was a really eye opening experience. It was, it was really, really good, but it's also the kind of thing that really makes you think. Yeah. Um, because like I was going through my granddad's stuff. So like me and my dad, we kind of got into my granddad's room and my granddad was the director of surveyors for like the federal government. Wow. So like, like I didn't even know what that meant. That's <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> sounds, sounds important. Oh, for real? Like, yeah. And reading through some of his papers and stuff like that. And it was just stuff like my granddad worked with like the UN. He worked, uh, 
Yeah, there was like a land dispute between one country. I think it was Cameroon and Nigeria. And they brought in my granddad to figure out who the land actually belonged to. Wow. Yeah. And like, he didn't even rule in favor of Nigeria. So I'm like, yeah. So Cameroon gave him like this, uh, this certificate for valor because it's it's a small thing to go against your own government. Yeah. You know? But that's one of the things that really kept coming through in what my granddad was like writing or doing was just integrity, Mm. you know? Is actually you have to be an integral person to be able to go against your own government and actually stand up for what's right. And so one of the things that he did as well was he did um, interviews for promotions and stuff like that. Mm. And my granddad was a savage. Like some some of the feedback he wrote for people was just absolutely savage. Mm. What would come through a lot is that view of integrity say so and so just has no integrity you know they are totally dishonest um this this and this like they faked this they faked that the man was just on point he just laid out everything and was yeah. like no it's not happening but it, it just goes to really show me like what my granddad was about mm. actually it really just makes you think like say you know 40 years from now because some of this stuff was from like the 70s yeah. or the 80s you know, 40 years from now, if someone's going through my stuff, mm. what are they, what, what vibe are they going to get from me? What inspiration are they going to get from how I live my life now? Because that's really what, right, is we're writing our legacies, you know? Yeah. And just reading, like, I saw something that, um, I think a lecturer in the UK wrote about my granddad and it was just like, this man is brilliant. I was like, wow. Nice. Like, How did you find that? Was that really stuff? Bro, the the guy kept everything like ever. Yeah. Mm. Letters to his mum were there. Like his my parents' school stuff, you know, their school gradings. That yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. My dad doesn't play with school. my dad is like, you'll be brilliant at school, blah, blah, blah. And some of this stuff was like, oh, needs more effort. I'm like, <laughs> 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 my dad would turn around to me and go, but I did I tell you I was always a straight A student? No, I just told you you had to be. I was like, Rah. but yeah. they kept everything. You know, they yeah. kept everything, and it was just it was really eye opening, and yeah. really like changing. Like, okay, so this is where I've come from. Like, what excuse do I have to not be better? What excuse do I have to not try and be brilliant? You know, because that's actually the line that I've come from. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it was just, it was very eye-opening and very challenging yeah. in terms of, okay, what actually is my legacy, you know? So even as you're sharing that, like one of the things I'm thinking is about how things have definitely changed since like 70s, 80s, even the 90s and 2000s, because we've obviously grown up on the internet. Like, I think we're probably like the first wave to really see it from our childhood into adulthood. And the days of pen and paper, like those days in some senses are dying away. Yeah. Because I can imagine that a lot of the stuff that you just described seeing are things that were written on paper, written by hand. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas now I'm thinking like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now. Maybe not. Where is the stuff that they're going to be searching through? Is it going to be on websites? It's going to be your email. 
it's gonna be email, email, email account. address accounts yeah. Yeah. iCloud yeah so that's what it's gonna be like someone's gonna find like an old iCloud account or something and be able to get into yeah. the past and see all your pictures from like 2012 till now oh, like yeah yeah but it's crazy to think like we are building that history right now for like our kids and our grandkids and yeah. you know even like now when i look up my name like my myspace comes up <laughs> <laughs> i think i might have to check that out <laughs> Bro, dude, big baller shot caller was my yeah. MySpace. <laughs> big baller shot caller. <laughs> i know i've seen your twitter though Oh well, I don't even know if there's anything on that. When you, when you read some of those tweets, you're like, "What was I thinking? Who did I think I was?" Hmm. Peter, have you been to um, Ghana before? I have, yeah. I mean, I, I, I lived you, there for. You were born there, right? No, I was born here, um, and my dad took me back when I was eight, and I stayed there for ten years and came back when I was eighteen. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. And since eighteen, um, I hadn't gone back until after I got married, and then we went back after um, after we got back from our honeymoon. Um, my wife's father passed away, so we went back for the funeral. Right. So that was the last time I went back, which is about three years ago. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. How did How did you find it being back there? Like, what was it like for you? I think because I spent such a pivotal point of my life or a pivotal period of my life there, you know, 8 to 18, um, I'd sort of romanticized the, um, the the whole experience, you know, my friends and um, the culture. And we went to, I went to a boarding school for secondary school. So that whole like formative period, I, I sort of romanticized and I didn't want to engage with what it had become now. So even over here, you know, stuff like Afrobeats and we have, um, we'd have like a Ghana party in the park. I didn't want to engage with it because I felt they'd moved so far away from what I, or, or the environment that I grew up in, the culture that I grew up in, that I felt it would taint my memory. Mm. I've gone so I sort of had removed myself and then when I went back that was pretty much confirmed that it's and it's silly because all that's happened is it's got more it's got modernized it's got unfortunately more western which you know I guess you could say I, I should probably say it's got more developed which has made it seem more western mm. but that that very much was a confirmation of what I was afraid was happening because a lot of the culture a lot of the um things that we valued or the things that we thought was integral to Ghanaian culture mm. has sort of eroded away like what kind of things would you say like like things like um respect for your elders which is a very african thing mm. but that's sort of almost lost now you know where really? When when I was growing up, you, you certainly still had that sense of this person is older and has more experience, and that showed they were more responsible, they were wiser, you know, and and you caught you afforded them that sort of respect. But now, and that's come from the Western culture because, again, in Western culture, everyone has a voice, and you know, everyone younger people have a say in what goes on which is fine except maybe you shouldn't have a say if you don't have 
something relevant to contribute to the conversation mm-hmm. which unfortunately by virtue of maybe not having that life experience or not having enough wisdom most young people just don't um and that's what we're seeing in ghana now so that sort of really um deep respect for elders that sort of reverence for for the older older generation is completely lost um the the camaraderie even even just even the, the the community i should say that community feel like literally down our road there were like five houses um none of us related of course but everyone was uncle everyone was auntie mm. and it was real it was very real it was like if my if the neighbors saw me doing something outside they could let my parents know and you know they could discipline me and parents would expect them to discipline me but again with the westernization of things we've sort of or at least in the city they've sort of gone adopted this sort of nuclear family approach to mm. community everyone sort of minds their own business and there isn't that much interaction um or at least real interaction between people so it's, it's those sort of things that i found um have eroded and that i was scared would it would be eroded and yeah it was a it wasn't as it wasn't as nostalgic as i would have wanted it to be mm-hmm. one thing um i wanted to ask you about actually is you know in the bible it says about let, don't let anybody despise you because of your youth right mm. so how do you balance that right with the fact that actually when we are young we haven't really had that life experience we don't necessarily have a lot of that to offer into that situation yeah. but at the same time especially in the world we live in now with technology and stuff like that actually young people are having a bit more here and there to offer but how do you balance that with that respect yeah. of still these are still my elders they've still gone through life through things that i don't know about mm. yeah yeah uh, personally i think if i'm correct that was paul to timothy right yeah yeah um and i think what you'll see from that sort of relationship was even in saying even in paul advising timothy there was an element of respect that timothy obviously had for paul yeah being yeah. someone that was you know advanced for him so what I, what i think is where we have a wealth of information available to us by virtue of the internet and you know just technology um we what we lack or what we we need is the humility to recognize that wisdom is very different from knowledge mm. and so where where we do have like all the knowledge available to us in the world quite literally we don't have well. the, the experience <laughs> you know, really podcast game set match. Wow. We're in gear. We're in gear. I see where wow. this is going. <laughs> wow. Say it, go and, and I think I think that noise gives us humility mm. to say yes. I can find out whatever I want to find out with a quick Google. But this person who's lived ten, twenty, fifty years more than me can tell me things that. I would only know because I'm going through it or because I, I would have gone through it. And I think, I can't remember who said it. Someone said, um, smart people, smart people learn from their mistakes. Great people learn from the mistakes of others or something along those lines, you know, but there is, there is literally a wealth of wisdom, a wealth of, um, of, of, yeah, wisdom that can be gained from someone just by virtue of them having lived through life longer than mm, you have mm, mm, you know and that's why mm. it's that humility that allows us wow. to balance and say yeah we, we do have 
you know tons of tons of information tons of knowledge but you know someone having gone through life before you can tell you things that you can't find anywhere else i love that distinction between knowledge and wisdom mm. because it's like that older generation can help you to interpret that knowledge in Absolutely. the right way yeah and i really yeah. i really i've never thought of that distinction before that's that's mm. big yeah i i because I, I was pretty much um i guess I would fall into the nerd category so i'd always like you know wouldn't spend time with the football players or the you know the the famous people the the popular kids yeah uh, so i i always not necessarily was a teacher's pet but would be comfortable spending more time with the teacher spending more time with the um with the janitor with the security guard or whatever and i i realized that pretty earlier on that just keeping quiet and listening to them tell their stories mm. there are things you can pick out there's so many things that you can pick out that are much more beneficial than anything else and so i i definitely i definitely think that and, and still try and live that way now i think the 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 disadvantage or not the disadvantage there unfortunate thing we're seeing now is some of the adults were bad kids and so didn't listen mm. to the wisdom of their elders and they've grown up and become bad elders and we haven't <laughs> got much left from that sort of thing you know? are there any good elders left <laughs> but you know what i find interesting though about that is that i think i've been in some situations where i've realized like the reason i'm here is to learn not what to do what to not do mm, mm. do you see what i mean and even like that what you've just said is mm. a key lesson because sometimes actually some of the advice you get is advice about how not to live your life yeah, yeah. you know yeah. and it's yeah. important to be able to kind of discern that you know mm. because so like even for me like there was when i was back there was this one uncle this uncle he was like my coolest uncle right because like he was a lawyer he was rich you know he had a put like growing up this guy was the man like he was the man but when i saw him this time like you know when the scales just fall and you're like ah because he was even saying it he was like well so he was telling this story right so when we first moved to england from nigeria my parents actually lived in his house so he had a flat and in his own admission the flat wasn't legit you know so he'd got the flat in some kind of kind of dodgy way yeah. and um then obviously my parents came and my parents found out that it was dodgy and one time when they were at home and he wasn't the inspectors came right and obviously he's expected them to like cover or lie or whatever and Jeez. they didn't <laughs> you know so and he was just saying stuff like oh and you know obviously i'm in the world and you know blah 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 and we're like but uncle like what about eternity he's like oh no i'll make a i'll make a deal with god and this i'll bribe my way into heaven and i'm like this was my this this was my guy do you know what i mean i was like when i grow up i want to be like him. crumbled everything Bro, crumbled pieces you know but it just really showed me like what what not to do because he had everything materially that looked amazing growing up right my parents had nothing but it's now when i look back and i can see you know kind of how things play out now i actually see where the value is because actually that integrity that my parents came with even though he was kind of mocking them for it mm. i was like that's actually 
that's how I should be living my life, you know. But bro, yeah. it just crumbled my whole thing. I was like, man, because mm. he was my cool uncle. <laughs> I guess that also comes with, with with your maturity and with your sort of um, um, growth as well to even recognize the importance of you know the integrity of your parents and mm. the unfortunate nature of all <laughs> <laughs> these. Okay. But I, I, I meant to, I meant to ask you as well, Toby. When you when you sort of saw those things in your granddad or um, you know in the generation before you that you recognize in yourself what did that sort of um what did that sort of mean to you like how do you how how do you feel like you benefit from that knowledge of i got this from this person or you see this in that person what did that sort of mean bro it it just fully humbled my life like Mm. because i feel like when you realize that what you have like you're very fortunate to have it Right. Mm. So like a lot of the things that have made me, let's say, actually do okay in my workplace or, you know, do okay in certain situations, I can now see that that's literally nothing to do with me. You know, that came from my dad and it came from his dad, you know, and I was talking to him and I was like, I now realize that like everything that I have, it's it wasn't even it's not even like I could take credit for it even like because you know we all say okay yes it's God and I know and I, but literally like it has come through the generations mm. and God has put me in this family so I'm like I literally I can't I can't take any of it mm. you know because mm. at the funeral my dad had to get up because he's the he's technically he was the oldest son there mm. and he had to get up and talk and probably my dad just he just got up easy and just started talking and, and now I'm seeing, oh, even Tolly talks, like being comfortable <laughs> to talk. I'm like, this is where it comes from. My dad, he was just easy. I'll send you guys the video. Yeah. And he, he just went in. He just fully went in. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just junior. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is where it comes from. Yeah. So for me, it was just so humbling to see, like, how it passes through the generations and then it really made me realize that look actually i have a responsibility to carry that on mm. 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 and mm. even as i'm saying this i'm thinking but what about people who don't have stuff like that in their line right because i it just made me realize i'm very very fortunate right to have had such good role models mm. but actually if that's something that you didn't have that's something that you can start. Mm. No, there you go. Yeah. Because just like if right now, if I decided to totally like go off the rails and screw up everything, like screw my life up and like become a disgrace to my family or whatever it is, mm. all of that from before will be gone. Mm, mm. Mm. You know. But actually, if you have bad things in your family line and you decide, actually, I'm going to be the first person to change that. Mm. Yeah that becomes your family's legacy going forward yeah. you know the bad stuff is distanced and removed over time yeah, yeah. but mm. she starts something really good now mm. so mm. as you guys have been speaking about these things the subject of generational blessings and generational curses came to mind for me mm. Um, mm. just because you know sometimes when we hear those things we think about all of these like 
big spells or all of a sudden yeah. you're going to have this cloud that's troubling you in the bathroom or something <laughs> like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but sometimes it is actually the simplicity of seeing the simple traits that have actually mm. been passed down through the generations. And mm. on the point that you were speaking about, Tolu, as well, about um, if you didn't necessarily have that and the opportunity to start that, I was reminded of Abraham and the fact that ah, the scriptures speak about okay. how his forefathers were mm. idol worshippers mm. and yet we now know Abraham to be the one that in Genesis yeah. 12 hey. God ended up calling out of the land that he was to go somewhere mm. else and be in the forefather of faith so to speak yeah. and so um, it, it's, a, it's a principle that we see in the scriptures and it's a principle mm. that's true um, and applicable to our everyday lives because you don't have to if, it's a, if there's a bad trait or something yeah. that you see is a negative pattern that has repeated um, within your family line or um, whether it's coming from the top down or across at, at your generational level mm. you can make a decision with yeah. the Lord like to say we're going to draw the line here and no more mm. and, and that mm. is part of the redemptive power of God is that mm. he doesn't rely on the fact that we do have these things always in our line he definitely mm. uses it when we do mm. <laughs> but for the times when we don't he's able to redeem that and step in and use his power to be strength where mm. there's clearly an absence or weakness so one of the things so there's a few things that were like popping up in my head when you're saying that right yeah. so like what i find fascinating about genesis is that you will go through from genesis if you say from like adam and eve through to abraham yeah. right you will oh. see so and so walked with god then literally the next person didn't then the next yeah. person did then the next person it's like it's so it's just down to choice Sticky. yeah yeah like <laughs> you can see that literally like one of these people their dad was the worst ever but they were still good mm. you know yeah. and it's just that you really have that choice yeah. about how you want things to go mm. and god works with that choice yeah. right yeah. and then one of the things that i was thinking about is grace and mercy mm. right because in the Old Testament, they didn't even have grace and mercy in the same kind of dispensation that we did. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Because we have the blood of Jesus that wipes away all of those things, you know? Yeah. But for me, grace is kind of like all of those previous generational blessings that have been building. So like, you know, if your parents did work well, and this and this and this and where there is that blessing that comes through. But then the mercy also comes in where if your parents didn't actually yeah. do things you know actually you don't have to live under that generational curse yeah. because it's mercy and the mercy and the blood stops that from having to play out in your life mm. but it depends on how you want to receive those things how you want to receive that mercy and how you want to work with god to actually say actually that stops here in my family yeah. line mm. it doesn't yeah. have to continue on no i think there's there's something beautiful about that and um even where god says you know if you if someone sins against me, I will punish them up until their, you know, fourth and fifth generation or something like that. Mm. But then where it says, oh, if you obey, I'll bless you, your children's children, your children's children yeah. for the rest of your line. And it's like, yeah. even God shows or demonstrates <laughs> that sort of um, grace in that his wrath, he only extends to most, more often than not in those times, this, the people in that household, the fourth or fifth, when they were living up to 400 or whatever, 500, probably the fifth generation still in the same household. Mm. So it's like, yeah, his wrath only affects those that are there. Mm. 
but then his grace goes on his um mm-hmm. his his blessings go on but then also the fact that um that that's there is an opportunity like you said there is that choice and there is these two pathways that anyone can take so if you haven't had that in your line and we see this even with a lot of the success stories today like with um people like i think bruno mars was like um homeless at some point mm. you know and and now he's like a multi-millionaire um thing and all of, I, I was listening to a lot of these um biographies and you see the, a lot of them came from a place of not having or a place yeah. of strife and worked their way out of it mm. but then you also have like totally like you said you know you see that you come from good stock and you know you sort of feel the responsibility to then carry that on so it's yeah. like for both situations there is an opportunity to succeed yeah. and i think that there's a beauty in god allowing for um for for both manners and both means to 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 be equally glorious yeah i think mm. yeah and, and one of the other things i think as well is that that side of coming from a generation where you have had those good examples in the mm. broken world that we live in today because it's so uncommon Mm. it's something that i think is almost undervalued or underappreciated as well and and i think the reality is that like i know personally when i look at some of the things that were missing in my life growing up and stuff like that i've seen people like even totally being an example who had certain things and Mm. it has created a staple or an example of what it Mm. looks like to have those things so that when Mm -hmm. somebody like myself is making decisions to say you know what we're going to draw the line here with God. You've also got a physical example that you can see and observe mm-hmm. what the good can be like. Um, and obviously, yes, you don't see the ins and outs and everything else, but you mm-hmm. see at least enough to know that, one, you can actually have hope that mm-hmm. you're not just out here crazy thinking that it's possible when it's not. <laughs> and two, just to have something that, you know, can encourage you and at least even set a benchmark for you to think, about pushing towards and pushing beyond as well Mm. Mm. and what i find amazing as well is that like regardless of where we've all come from we all almost end up in the same place yeah yeah, yeah. do you see what i mean like now we're all friends and like i learn just as much from you do you know what i mean both of you like it doesn't really actually like all these things in some ways don't also make that much of a difference you know because i always felt like well if I'd gone to private school, would it have been different and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then when you get into work and you're like, wait, you went to private school and I did it and we're both still we're here. Still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's kind of yeah. like, actually, there is, there's only so much that that stuff will take you. You yeah. still have to yeah. do your part, yeah. you know? Yeah. And just like you were saying, like someone could come from absolutely nothing, but make it to those places yeah. because actually it, it's really down to the individual like yeah. your your circumstances and stuff they do shape you and they yeah. do make you a certain way as well but really it's down to what how you interpret them and how you work with them that will get you to the right or wrong place yeah. um can i let me throw a spin in the works and just get your reaction time. to uh to <laughs> uh, i don't want to get your reaction to this so i heard someone say um good times breed weak men and weak men create hard times hard times create strong men and strong men create good, good. times oh you're gonna have to say that again for me bro <laughs> so good times yeah breed weak men yeah weak men create hard times mm. hard times create 
strongman mm. and strongman creates good times okay but what's you guys reaction to that with, with this sort of idea of legacy and, and stuff like that in mind oh you see because for me i agree and i disagree right mm. because i definitely think that ah do you know what I think I... <laughs> it's getting you in it yeah i think i think i agree more than i disagree because mm. when i think about stuff like okay the nba for example yeah mm. the golden state warriors right so i've been watching the nba for quite a while and i remember when they were terrible Mm. just like shambolically terrible mm. but that is where like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson all of those guys, that's where they formed their bond when they were mm. really, really bad when you look at someone like LeBron like he learned to win because he went through all that time where he was not winning mm. Yeah. You know? so the hard times definitely do build a certain kind of strength in you a certain mm. Resilience that you don't have to have when everything is really good. And if we take this back to kind of like the church, when you look at the beginning of the church where there was lots of persecution, you know, there's a lot of hard times, like the church was growing and it was yeah. very real for mm. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're like in this kind of comfortable place. Uh, the power isn't the same. Yeah. If we talk about are we a weaker church in terms of our faith mm. and how how God is being manifested now versus the beginning? Probably yeah. yeah. Because we've had all that time of no persecution. We've had, you know, pretty chill times. Mm. So oh I think I agree. Mm. I you know what, I I've really been since throughout the whole time you were talking, I was thinking is this actually true or not? Like, how does this match yeah. up with scripture? Because like, yeah. it's, it's messy. It, it's like it's a nice little brain teaser. But mm. but even from my perspective, I think I do agree because I think like one of the things I'm thinking about is one obviously just the outward example in life that we know about when you're when you're winning and you've never known mm. difficulty. There's oh. always going to be someone who's hungry that's going to come up mm. and work harder to try and take yeah. you out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's just like a general life principle no scripture to that it's just mm. a principle in life mm -hmm. um, and then even in scripture like like you've basically pointed out a persecuted church tended to prosper and by mm. prosper I mean like it tended to grow it tended to breed it tended to reproduce it tended to um, expand but an unpersecuted church or a comfortable church what does revelation speak about I know there's a I know one of those at least one of those is relevant to this Revelation. Oh, isn't it the one? Is that the one where it says about because they become rich? Come on, that's the it's one. That one. Mm. Yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah. For it. I'm finding it because it is that thing of you know when everything is good, you know when you got your money right and all that kind of stuff, you feel like you don't have to depend as much, right? Because you're kind of like, oh well, you know everything's okay. I can just pay for this i can do that your dependency on god in that situation often is quite hard to keep it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. revelation chapter three my app is still loading which which uh which verse from around 17 um so it says you, you say i am rich I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. 
<laughs> Petit, <laughs> but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, <laughs> blind, and naked. Weak, aka <laughs> weak. <laughs> Mad. And go keep going. Was that it? I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, that's that's three seventeen. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. And I think it really is like obviously yes this is talking about wealth and wealth is always a good example like money and being rich and stuff like that is always a good example to paint this same picture because times mm. are good when you got money you know what i mean like yeah. you there's there's nothing that you can't buy <laughs> you've got crazy money like that but naturally within the comfortability or within things going so swimmingly well constantly mm. it's easy to become comfortable now i don't think that that necessarily means that you it's impossible to have good times and to still maintain and remain strong because now i'm also thinking about job one of the things mm. the bible speaks about with job is that he was upright we know he mm. was very well off like i don't think he had anything to complain about mm. before mm. obviously he went through what he went through mm. and then again it feeds into the same thing does he go through the cycle <laughs> But I, th- I think also what I'm taking from what you were saying yeah. is that actually we're looking at the effect on the generations, Yeah. right? So you might be a strong man yeah. because you've been through the bad times. And what you're thinking is, I don't want my kids to go through go the through same that. things that I went through, yeah. Yeah. right? So you make these good times, mm. but if you don't, and I think it comes down to discipleship because yeah. if you mm. don't disciple the next generation right, they won't even understand oh my gosh so you remember in um in i think it's genesis where it talks about joseph yeah Mm -hmm. right and then really shortly after he dies it says and then there was a generation that Um, grew up that didn't know about joseph yeah Yeah. right so because the lessons of how did we get to these good times Mm. right Joseph guided them through the bad time and made it yeah. into a good time. But yeah. then within like a generation, no one knew who he was. Mm. Yeah. You know, so that's where discipleship is so key because actually you can bring the lessons, which comes back to learning from others' mistakes and that so, kind of thing. Yeah. Is that yeah. actually if you can pass on the lessons of okay, this is how we got to this good time. Mm. Yeah. Right? And make yeah. sure that people live that, that they don't forget that actually this is why we're here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. for me is how it breaks that cycle. That cycle. Yeah. Yeah, I came to the exact same com- um, conclusion when I first heard this that I did agree that it was true, but I thought then, okay, how do you break it? And yeah. it is exactly what you said: is that discipleship, that communication. And mm. I think we we see that as well in the Bible, where um, Joshua would go and set up a monument, and be like, "This monument yeah. shall remind you in generations yeah. to come mm. that the Lord stopped the Jordan," or mm. "This monument will remind us that you know there was a pillar of fire and there was a pillar of smoke and." all of those sort of traditions and and um festivals that mm. god sets in place for his people mm. was to remind the generations to come that there's always a story that you need to remember mm. you're now living in the land flowing with milk and honey but mm. there was 40 years in the desert mm. and <laughs> many hundreds of years before in slavery yeah yeah you know, so i think that's that's completely true i think that's one of the things that that legacy that we see when we look back or like totally that you were mentioning that's one of those things that i think should help us is we should then be able to look back on those things and see what god has done in 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 the term in terms of the church or see 
what has led to us getting where we are and mm-hmm. appreciate it all the more and then carry that forward. And I think that hits on what you were saying about how, you know, when you went back to Ghana and you realized yeah. that like the respect and that kind of stuff is just so gone. Yeah. It's like, that's what I feel like we should be teaching our kids because yeah. when I was growing up for me, like my parents were like, so the minute you step in our house, it's like being in Nigeria. It's like a mini Nigerian embassy. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like when you wake up in the morning, you do the Nigerian greetings, you know, you yeah. do all of these things. And when we went back to Nigeria the first time, for me, like, we went to the house and there's a house help lady, yeah? Mm. But this woman is, like, 40 or 50 years old. So, of course, for me, like, all I see is an older woman. So, of course, I do the greeting. Mm. But we don't understand the impact of those kind of things Mm. on people in Nigeria. Mm. Because people were coming to my parents and they were saying, were your kids brought up in England? Mm. And it was something dumb, like, the guy said... He dropped something from the fridge and he picked it up. I said, what? (laughs) (laughs) Because honestly, like the view that people have is in England. Like if I come back from England, I see now I have a house person that I would just be like, oh, yeah, I picked this up. But it's like because my parents have just taught me respect. Yeah. For me, it's like I don't care if you're the house person. I'll still greet you like you're an elder. Yeah. 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 But that's on us to pass to our kids. Yeah. Because yeah. even if it's just a few people here and there, it still continues. Mm. But yeah. if you so, think, okay, there's no point, then it will be totally lost. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So It is a tragedy. Mm. Yeah. So I was yeah. going to say, so we obviously live in the UK. Mm. And like, regardless of where we probably fall on the scale of our financial portfolio and stuff like that, we've, we've pretty much got it pretty good. Um, not just in terms of money, but in terms of just living standards, things that we have access to, um, yeah. rights, freedoms, those sorts of things. Mm. And so in a lot of ways, we're in the good times. Mm. Um, so, so the question that I have for us to maybe speak on now is what are some of the monuments or some of the things that we need to be intentional about preserving for the next generation so that they don't get caught up in what's going on all around us in the UK uh, and Mm. the culture that we live in or the culture of their day, but that Mm. they remain grounded in a kingdom and godly culture that is in this world, but not of this world. Mm. I think for me, it also very much depends on your journey to how you got to this place, right? Because I think the lessons that you can share are quite personal to you. Mm. Do you see what I mean? The lessons that I can share are actually quite personal to me. Because even though when I look back at my granddad and stuff, and there was that kind of that good, that good start, when my parents came to England, there's no one knows who my granddad is. Yeah. No, my parents came here and we basically started from scratch yeah you know so we went through that you know the bad times making people strong mm-hmm. you know so my lessons are kind of from that point of view in terms of i've seen god provide for my family mm-hmm. i've seen you know my parents trying to be faithful with their tithe or faithful with giving and trying to be generous even when we don't have much mm-hmm. and that's kind of stuff that i look at now and i see like in myself in terms of actually for me money is just kind of fluid you know like you can literally have money today and not have it tomorrow so i try as much as possible to try and be free with my money Mm. you know Mm. 
So I think it's very much depends on the journey that you've had, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think from my journey, yeah, what yeah. I've seen is kind of, you know, trust God in everything, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like my parents tell us the stories, and that's what I think is so key: oh, is boy. tell the stories. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the stories. Like mm-hmm. my parents will tell you stories of where God came through in their studies. God came through in that he, like God just came through. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and for me, that is a key takeaway: is God will come through. Yeah, you just have to trust him. Yeah, you know, and then that thing about being generous for me is a huge one. Like generosity, mm-hmm. it's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know, being able to give and not let it just hurt you. Yeah. You know, yeah. like be free with your money. And then I think the one for me is manners are so important and respect. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. important. Like yeah. so important. Yeah, I think for for, for me as well. Um, I think what what you said about telling stories is so important and just sort of opening communication because I think one thing that like maybe um, my parents did because my parents are very traditional very old school Ghanaian was they they were somewhat ignorant or oblivious of the generational gap Mm. and what that meant being you know from Ghana and raising kids here Mm. or um, you know there's just the difference in culture and what the kid goes through when they go to school and then they come back home to the mini Ghanaian embassy you know? <laughs> being cognizant of that sort of dissonance yeah. I think was was where my parents maybe dropped the ball a little bit so that's something that I'm being mindful of but another thing that I thought of was um, what I call like the controlled adversity the controlled hard times yes that, Love that. I inflict <laughs> that I inflict on <laughs> my kids yeah <laughs> uh, you know and, it's gonna happen it's gonna it's happen gonna it happen. has to and, and, has and to. I, I i'm even noticing it i'm even noticing it in little things now because when my little my, when my daughter's trying to stand up i will let her struggle a little bit longer yeah i say a little bit i'll let her struggle a lot longer <laughs> <laughs> than, than than my wife will and my wife will see she's trying to get up you know, she'll get up and she'll fall, and then she'll pick her up. And mm. you know, that's just because she's a woman. I, I say she's she's got a, a softer heart than maybe I do. Yeah, I'll see her. I'll that's see her fall down. That was a good save. Nice save. <laughs> I'm telling you. And then, and remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I, on the other hand, I'll see her trying to get up, and she'll fall, and then I'll come down to her level. Mm. Like I'll literally get on my hands and knees. And I'll be like, get up, get up, get up. And mm. I'll be like, just trying to coach her mm. along as opposed to helping her stand up. Mm. And I think those sort of, um, personally, I think those sort of controlled um, adversity moments are one of the ways in which, yes, you're in good times, but you also have tastes of hard times. Well, obviously, by grace, you're, you know, watched over, so they won't overcome you. But they, I feel they build you up as well. But bro, when, when I look at Nigerian people, yeah, and mm. for me, going to Nigeria is often a really sad thing for me because I see the potential and I see the brilliance. Like, Nigerian people are, they're so creative because you have to find ways to get around what's happening to you, yeah. you know? Yeah. And their minds can be so brilliant, but then just the selfishness, the greed, the the kind of that love of money is what really wrecks everything mm-hmm. but that struggle is what has made a lot of nigerians so brilliant mm-hmm. you yeah. know because you have to be mm-hmm. yeah 
you know and it is that thing of okay how do i create that for the next generation Mm -hmm. right without it being something that totally holds them back Mm -hmm. because that's what i feel like it it really honestly it just makes me so sad every time so sad because nigeria could be so awesome and same with a lot of african places Mm -hmm. yeah you know because through that struggle we've become strong Mm -hmm. you know but then we don't know how to play the rules of the game outside of our environment to where we could really be successful yeah like what about you arnold i think one of the things i quickly made a note because i didn't want to forget it but it's it's the emphasizing on the importance of asking questions Oh, and being yes. a shameless student as well who Come admits on. when they don't know yeah. because like when I look at my life yeah there's so many times I've asked questions like, yeah. and you know those questions where like some of the questions sound quote unquote stupid stupid but yeah. it's the right question it's the right man. question to ask you tend <laughs> yeah. to find out that when you ask yeah. that question like yeah. 50% of the room are asking the same question inside same but don't question. want to admit it and yeah. once you get the answer to that question you're no longer stupid like there's that saying what is it i can't remember it so i'm not going to say it but it's something to the effect of if you don't know the answer no if you ask a question now i'm making it up it basically says this <laughs> <laughs> is you know them ones where you just want to throw what, the wise saying concept? in there like, the, the concept con- basically <laughs> is that you're only a fool for a minute if you ask the question or if you admit it or something to that effect, basically. because once you get the answer obviously you're no longer a fool you're no longer ignorant um and and i think honestly just these two principles which i think are very linked for me throughout my whole life even as a disciple especially as a disciple have been just like golden gems that i think have helped me through so much um it's enhanced my understanding it's helped me to um, uncover things that maybe I otherwise wouldn't have uncovered in my in my learning and stuff like that as well but questions man like and not just assuming that not just taking things for granted because it seems like the popular thing and I don't know maybe that's because of the way that I'm inclined as a person or the way I'm wired because I I guess based on the way that I'm wired I don't just take the popular thing like I'm, I tend to be a challenger <laughs> um, and, and I think that it's funny, me and um, <laughs> me and my wife were speaking about this the other day about our daughter and the fact that man <laughs> uh, we're excited to see who she's going to become because exactly. both my wife and I are people who are challenges in that way um, mm. and who don't necessarily go with the popular thing but who are willing to question the popular thing. Um, and ask questions and be a shameless student and stuff so when you got two of those and you merge and then you create a third one well (laughs) nice and I think that that's actually what the world needs right Uh, it's people who are willing to challenge uh, and people willing to think outside the box uh, I feel like sometimes in African culture though the challenge comes across like an argument yeah and that is what we need to work Talk on about because <laughs> bro because there's nothing wrong with actually challenging something yeah. you know it's healthy it's good yeah you know the way that we do it 
It's kind of like, are you dumb? Like, it's like, why are you, why are you, why are you lambasting the person? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think that's a lot of what it is for us. Is just that style of okay, yeah. how do I actually bring out that conversation in a way that benefits everybody? Like, yeah. they don't need to feel stupid, but yeah. that also comes to humility. And I loved what you said about humility. Yeah. It's humility for me feeds through all of these things. Asking questions yeah. takes humility. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what yeah. I love about Jesus. Like, it says that they were amazed because of the questions that he asked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, Jesus is like the ultimate guy of humility. Yeah. yeah. And often he would just fire questions back at people. Mm. Yeah. You yeah. know? And everything that we've talked about is undergirded with humility. Mm. Uh, how do we do all these things in humility? Mm. That's a good one. And sorry, I don't want us to close out before this question gets answered. It's going back to something <laughs> that we spoke about before, but I made a note. Uh, what is the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Oh, I think I think knowledge is information. Yeah, wisdom is applied information. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna go with something like knowledge is data. And wisdom is insight because that's the world that I right yeah. you can get a whole bunch of data but without actually understanding an application yeah. it's just numbers it's just text yeah. it's just nothing. Yeah. but insight says this is what you do with that knowledge so it's being yeah. able to interpret the data yeah and the information and make sense of it and yeah. through yeah. what you were speaking about before Peter as well that's something that happens through experience yeah 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 because for example we had this time where we do something called profiling so we yeah. say give us your data and we'll tell you how it's distributed etc etc and then off the back of that people make decisions like okay i want to target this type of person or in this area mm. right so we got this client's data in and it was really really in this really small part of the north it was really really heavy there mm. right without insight we would have just said okay target those people but actually what we did is we searched it out a little bit and it turns out that that's where they tested everything so of course all the data is going to be from there mm. but without that kind of understanding and that yeah. insight we would have told them to do a totally stupid thing yeah mm. and for me mm. it's that same thing of now it's experience that says okay if something is really 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 big yeah you need to understand why you know mm. like check it out why is it so big yeah you know? mm. yeah 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 <sighs> well that was rich that was good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that was good that was good yeah. yeah i i think for me one of the things that i really liked about what peter was saying yeah. was that we don't actually take enough time to listen to the older generation mm. Mm. And I'm really trying to think of, okay, actually, how can I make that part of life? Yeah, yeah. How do I actually seek out some of that wisdom and some of that counsel? I'd really actually like to be able to do that. And what's really sad for me is that these are the people who are actually really lonely as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah. those are the people who no one calls them, no yeah. one, no one, no one engages with them. Yeah. Uh, and I've actually been thinking about, you know, you have those charities where your job is to just, you call oh, LDA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for me, I just love to be like, just tell me your story. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? So yeah. like, on my, for my 30th, I did like a, 
like interrailing and on one of the journeys i was just sat next to this really like this older lady and we just started talking and i just asked her to tell me her story bro it just enriched my whole life mm. like she just told me stuff yeah. i was like she lived through the war like it was amazing yeah yeah mm, mm, yeah i mean i when i, I used to study in the library a lot uh, in college and the security guard was Ghanaian. Mm. so I think he was speaking in like a Ghanaian language one time and noticed that I understood what he was saying. And since then, it would just be where normally the kids would be like, you're a security guard, don't talk to me. Mm. I would just, it, it was just a matter of smiling and listening, yeah. you know, and, and, and paying attention to what he was saying. And like you said, totally, you can gain so much from mm. all those conversations. So yeah, just being open, I think, and be willing to listen is mm. sometimes all that's needed mm. to gain something. Yeah. Mm. Powerful. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Reason to Behold podcast. Mm. It's been a pleasure having the likes of one third of the Blacksmith's Furnace. <laughs> furnace so thin in the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, and, and a big shout out to the other two thirds as well. Mm. Mm. We look forward mm. to meeting you soon. <laughs> it can be arranged it can be easily arranged now thank you guys for having me on again man. Yeah, yeah. good if you... but I, was, I always leave with so much from like just listening to a podcast and then being on here yeah mm. just yeah it's a, it's a blessing it's a blessing so awesome thank you so much Peter and if you guys so have good. got any questions or comments or just something to add to the conversation you know mm. get in touch reach out we are definitely very keen to hear <clears throat> very very keen to hear not a robot voice <laughs> no we're very keen to hear from you guys and to hear um, just the different things that god might have stirred up in your mind and in your thoughts throughout this conversation um this is just a conversation between the three of us but we invite you in as the fourth member and through your comments through your feedback through the things that you share we we can be blessed too um Definitely. and and an unlimited list of other people can be blessed also when that gets shared onto them so yeah. keep doing what you're doing enjoy the rest of your day night evening morning wherever you are in the world and stay blessed hey i feel like i was working on that outro right there <laughs> <laughs> sounds good sounds good <laughs> okay yeah